Welcome to Strengthened by Grace. This is your host, Lori Hartsock. I'm really excited about this message that the Holy Spirit gave to me. Um, And I wanted to keep in the same cord of belonging and why it's important for us to continue to... um, connect to our holy to the holy spirit inside of us and find connection within us to find that belonging and not need to fit in um and this is going to be more for like parents um kind of setting and how this affects our children so in last episode i talked about epigenetics and the main scripture that i wanted to talk to you about is in revelations 25 21 5 and it says behold all things have been made new behold um i was talking to nate about this and he said you know behold to me seems like a stop you know behold like it's like a pause behold all things have been made new so in this the importance of us becoming into like self-acceptance into accepting who we are in Christ Jesus, into belonging to ourselves and to God first before we try to belong to anybody else is important because the world's goal is to continue to live in a cycle of oppression, living in generational curses, issues where we have been given a new system. So, you know, the world has this belief that we need to continue to live in this cycle of the world right in generational curses but you know god says in his word in revelations 21 5 behold all things have been made new so there is a new system that god has given us and that is seeking his kingdom and i wanted to talk about in scripture romans 14 17 where it says for the kingdom of god is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness and peace and joy in the holy spirit so here we see that god's new system the kingdom of god inside of us because it says the kingdom of god is in us right if we are believers of christ jesus and so we are so we see that the new system of god is righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit and this to me is like carnal versus spiritual right so the cdc um explains that epigenetics is the study of how our behaviors and environment can cause changes that affect the way our genes work unlike genetic changes epigenetic changes are reversible and do not change your dna sequence but they can change how your body reads a dna sequence so gene expressions can be turned off or turned on so i think this is important for us so epigenetics is our genes right it's how our dna reads our genes so here we can see i think about it like generational curses in regards to if there is generational curses of poverty of mental illness of scarcity of um you name it of sickness i mean look at your life of your family system and your generational system and see what has been ingrained in your system Now, God has given us a promise in Revelation 21, 5, where it says, Behold, all things have been made new. So he has given us the power to break off generational curses in our lives. And we can turn them off or turn them off. 
Now, how do we turn them on or turn them off? Example, our behaviors, our diet. So I think about our diet, our brain food versus fast food. Um, I don't know about you, but with me, I yeah, and I'll talk about this a little bit later. I am prone to depression. So if I eat certain foods, I right away feel very depressed or even anxious. If I have a lot of caffeine in me, uh, my heart starts to race. You know, I start to get very anxious. So I'm very, um, I need to be, I'm not as much, but I, I'm starting to get back into it to become very disciplined about the way I eat. So I tend to eat certain foods, not because I, I want to be super healthy, but because of my mental health. For me to continue to live in a state of wellness, I have to eat certain foods and avoid certain foods that may trigger certain things, the epigenetics of things, right? That may trigger the anxiety, the depression that is already in my family generational line. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So I think about stressors and um, stresses in our life. You know, um, what is, think about stressors that you have in your life. Now, I wanted to go back to brain, uh, to diet, the way that we eat and mental health. So in research, Hispanic women are three times more likely to have depression if their grandmother has or has had depression. Um, I think about it in my own life. My grandmother God help her soul. She suffers from so much depression and fear. And I see that um, my mom also suffers, but her, her reaction is different. It may be a little bit more of anger and so forth. So my grandmother suffers tremendously from depression and fear just from, from, from years of of stress, of uh, trauma, of violence in both in my mom and in my grandmother. And so I can see how that generational curse of mental illness, of depression, continues to try to open the door in my own life. And it has, right? So I have to be intentional about the way that I live. Um, I also wanted to talk to you about how one in six children are shown, um, are beginning to show signs of mental illness. And this is through a national survey in 2019. One in six. And so I think for us as parents, we need to become intentional about our parenting, intentional about how we are showing up in our lives because our children are going to be re uh, receiving those um, vibrational frequencies that we place in our homes, in our atmosphere, in our environment, in how they see we live life. So look at your connection between your genes and your behaviors and environment. Um, and this for me, I think is important because it allowed me to have more compassion towards my mother. You know, we can easily, and believe me, there's been so much chaos in there, but I, I was able to see like, man, my mom was so tough with me because first, she's not a believer. Second, like, I, I think about, you know, the trauma that she had to face. I think about, you know, the fact that maybe there was guilt and shame that she carried that she basically portrayed on me. And I think sometimes the devil tries to make us feel like they are so against us and, and things like that. And I'm guilty of that. But 
you know, a couple of days I was thinking about it and I just felt like so much compassion towards my mom because I'm like, man, the fact that she doesn't know, right? The fact that she doesn't know better in a sense of um, how to remove whatever she is feeling or her internal struggle, right? That she portrays whatever she feels in inside to other people. So think about hurt people, hurt people, right? We've heard that before. And so this is why it's important for us as parents to be conscious. So um, there's a great uh, clinical psychologist that has a book that's called Conscious Parenting. And she is so incredible in regards to that you know, we need to be conscious of the way that we parent. And I think about, you know, how Holy Spirit said to me, revelation brings transformation for activation. So if our genes and environment communicate with one another, Holy Spirit gave me Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, where it says, you know, for I know the plans that I have for you, the plans to give you a hope and a future the plants to that are good, right? And he said, this is a blueprint to live by. This is a blueprint then of, of a sense of how I want you to live by that the plants, the lifestyle that I want you to have, they are good. They are hopeful. They are, are whole, right? And so this is almost like a fundamental foundation upon our life that the lifestyle that which we live in is going to be a reflection of um, of our children and so forth. And I think about, I um, wanted to see real quick, um, I wanted to talk about, you know, how... Um, how it's so important for us, you know, in the last episode, I talked about belonging and how we need to belong to ourselves. And the reason for that is because our children are going to, um, Nate was talking about this and it's crazy how the Holy Spirit works because I was doing, taking notes and doing research and looking at the word and, and research that has been conducted and, um, about, you know, belonging And in one of the research that I did, she says, um, you know, children say, can you accept me for who it is that I am, right? So they come into this world and the, the biggest thing that we can do for our children is to accept them for who they are. So if we go back to the word belonging, it's really acceptance of who we are. Remember, we can only accept others as much as we can accept ourselves. And this is where I think the Holy Spirit was so amazing. All of a sudden, after I started doing, um, taking notes and so forth, you know, Nate called me and he like randomly said, kids will reveal what's in our hearts. So if you think about our children, our children are a mirror of who we are, good or bad. You know, and so this is why it's important for our lifestyle and to see that our lifestyle affects the way our children are going to respond to their worlds. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, train up a child in the way they should go. Proverbs 22, 6. So the epigenetics, the, our DNA are, is important and how we belong to ourselves is real and how we accept ourselves. It's how much our children are going to accept 
themselves. So if God is saying train up a child, meaning we are living congruent lives, they watch how we live our lives and will respond the same way, right? So how do we see uh, our place? So for instance, like how do our children will mirror where we place our value, worth, and purpose on, right? So if if we aren't willing to accept ourselves the way that we are, our children will also learn to not accept themselves. And if God is saying, train up a child in the way that they should go, this is saying that we should train them up, not just in the spiritual realm after seeking God. And it, they will see if God is in the center of our lives, if we are praying, if we are fellowshipping, if we are resilient, like how we... Um, we rest. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I think about Matthew eleven twenty eight, that God's burden is light and it's, you know, it's not burdensome. It's his yoke is easy and his, and his burden is light that we would learn from him to rest, right? That I think about John 15, where it talks about abiding in him, abiding in love. And in my own life as a parent, I, I think this is crucial because you know, at least for Nate and I, we have definitely been intentional about placing God in the center of our lives. You know, for Nate is how he prays, how he worships with the boys, um, you know, and them seeing also the way that we live, the way that we respond to each other. And when I, when I thought about the the effects of our genes of the epigenetics of our dna and training up and accepting ourselves like that is crucial so why is epigenetics like amazing to me it is because the fact that we can turn off or turn on you know how god says behold i have made all things new if we take hold of of that truth that god is breaking off generational curses in our family's life you know where we weren't i i don't know but like for me i would say like poverty I would say scarcity, I would say identity crisis, shame, violence, um, divorce. I mean, you th think about it, you know, I just, a mental illness. And I, and I think about how God completely is removing those things out of my lineage. And one of my prayer has been, God, break off generational curses off my family line and place on the promises of Abraham that we would live out of the promises of Abraham because I'm no longer in the generational lineage that I was in, but I am in a whole new lineage of Jesus Christ. And so I, I think this is important for us. Like if we aren't able to accept ourselves, if we are not able to belong to ourselves, our children will not be able to belong to themselves or accept themselves. I think about how parents easily, um, you know, either want to change their kids, do not accept them, um, and this is crucial, you know, because like Nate said, um, you know, um, kids will reveal what's in our hearts. Like when kids, I think about when kids, um, people will say that kids 
are wild and so forth. And I think that is a symptom of lack of congruency, lack of leadership, lack of consistency in the household from the parents, right? And I think that's a call for us to be those things, to to be leaders in our household, that we would put down everything that distracts us from our home. I mean, if we think about it, one of the key things of God and the kingdom of God is family. And if family is the core of God's kingdom, right? The core of who we are as children of God, that God is creating families and how Satan comes to distort families I think about how we as Christians are living in our household. How are we displaying the kingdom of God? And sometimes I think we are so consumed with ministries outside of our home that our family gets affected. And so I think about, you know, if we are, if God is saying to us, train up a child in the way that we should go, then how are we training them up in responding to the world? How are we training them up into how they treat each other? For example, me and my sister, right? My mom created a lot of hostility between my sister and I. And I think sometimes that siblings, in a sense, like, I think they put so much blame on each other that we forget to be compassionate with one another, that we were in the essence of, you know, I wasn't the greatest oldest sister and I think I was going through a lot in my own life in a sense of just trauma, neglect and and so forth that, you know, I responded to my sister in not the nicest ways. We are about five years apart. And so I think about how, how like, you know, sometimes we blame our siblings for what um, they did to us or what we did to them. We, we find guilt and shame in that. When in reality, like, where were our parents, right? Like, um, I know there's a sense of, like, behavior that we did and there's behaviors that they did to us. But I think of like, where was the leadership in our parents? Like, where was the parents training us up in the way that we should relate to one another, in the way that we should treat one another, right? And instead of blaming our siblings, it's also like holding our parents accountable of like, hey, like, maybe they they just couldn't. They were doing the best that they can at that moment, right? But we were children too. Like I think about, I had more compassion towards my sister because I think about how, how like I always felt like she was the favorite one. Like I was always the neglected one and, and so forth. And I think about how like I, I resented my sister. Like I resented her because they showed more love towards her in a sense, right? And I and I think about like I I was resenting my sister in, in as I was growing up and I I would be mean to her and sometimes, you know, and so forth. And I think about like I felt so much shame and guilt, but I but Holy Spirit said to me like, "Lori, you were just a child. Like, how can you expect to to be cognitively aware of how you were responding when you were just a child yourself?" You know, and this is why I've become definitely more intentional 
about how we, um, I show and train up Jacob and Judah how to relate to one another because of my own experiences of how my, my mom, you know, she was a single mom. She was doing the best that she could, but she wasn't really there to show me how to, um, relate and respond to one another with my sister and I, right? And so there was resentment. I would bully her. I would say things to her and vice versa, you know, but I think we were all going through our own struggles. And I think we need to learn how to be more compassionate towards one another. And that's why it's important for us as parents to train up a child in the way that they should go. Obviously, Number one being to train them up in the Lord, that they would be taught of the Lord and great be their peace, but also to not neglect the other areas of our lives. Like, how do they respond to the world? How are they responding to each other? And at least for Nate and I, you know, we, um, he didn't have the best relationship with his sister and he will acknowledge that and stuff. And I know for him, he also says the same thing. Like, I was just a child. Like, I was getting bullied. I was you know, doing all these things at school, feeling like moving from school to school that I had so much anger inside of me that I would just like take it out on my sister because that's, that's the best way, you know, and my parents never really said anything about it. So I felt so much anger of everything that was happening to me, you know, at school, kids making fun of me that what was that behavior? If the parents weren't teaching him how to um, cope with getting bullied, what's the next best, best thing? Our kids are going to react and behave the same way, right? And so why do I say that? Because we both were the first kiddos. And I think about how there's studies of um, personality order in um, in children, right? How our order in our family has a big thing to do with the way that we respond to one another. Give you an example, for instance, the firstborns are typically responsible, motivated, controlling, cautious, reliable, perfectionist, achievers, leaders, and bossy. Where the lastborns are uncomplicated, manipulative, seeks attention, self-centered, fun, social, charming, and outgoing. Um, another thing that I thought was funny was that lastborns uh, are financially stable, which I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so why do I say this? Because Nate and I were firstborns, right? And I could see a lot of that. And I think about how, you know, our order affected the way that we, we basically reacted to our siblings. And so now we are mindful and intentional about the way that we, we, uh, we train up Jacob and Judah how to respond to each other. And I say this, for example, Jacob is definitely a first order child like he is very cautious he is very responsible he is very much like a parent um a leader um he um he's he he, he's like constantly trying to achieve trying to become better do better and so forth and um and i think about with judah he's more fearless he is very courageous adventurous um 
And, you know, something that Jacob, that Nate and I did when Judah came in into the world is really begin to, to show him that Judah is not taking his place, but he is in addition that he brings value into our family. And so we've been very intentional about how is this other person that is coming into our family bringing value. We are connecting more. We are spending more time together. And we always remind each other that we are a team. You know, look out for your family. We are a team. We are here to help one another. Like those are things that we say within our family, you know, because we are training up a child in the way that they should go. So they learn how to respond to one another. They learn how to respond to the world, to social communities. And so we think about, you know, how are we as parents uh, teaching them, training them up in how to respond to their siblings? Um, also I think about, um, give you another example real quick is boundaries, right? You know, um, at least for us, we've noticed that Jacob was, is extremely gentle, extremely gentle and Judah is more aggressive, but I don't want to say like, oh, he's becoming aggressive. He tends to hit Jacob a lot. And, um, so we've basically, you know, taught him and are teaching him and training him with consistency that hitting his brother is not okay. Hitting someone in this family is not okay. And so, um, I, you know, we've, we set him on timeout. We put him in his room. We remind him about gentle touches. And so those are boundaries that we have to place as a family of what is okay and what is not okay. Also our work ethic, right? Like how are we training up our children and how they see work? How if we are putting work first, if we're putting whatever, you know, before our family, also how they see family, how they respect one another, how we respect each other as spouses, how we respond to love and conflict. Um, and then our environment, like taking care of our environment, are, are we reaching out um, to our community out of, you know, practical acts of love? How are we responding to creation, innovation, possibility, and money, right? So I wanted to go back to... Um, to our spouses, our, our significant others. And I think about like, if our children, if we are not teaching and training up our children in the way that they should respond to their spouses, they're not going to know how, right? So I think about, um, Nate and I, like how we respond to each other's love. Do they see affection? Do they see hugs? Do they see that we take moments to kiss and touch each other and sit with each other. Do our children, do Jacob and Judah see uh, when we have conflicts, right? I am a, I, I personally am a true believer that it's important for our children to see conflict and conflict resolution. Because if they avoid, if we say, I never saw my parents fight in their day in their life, then how are we as children and adults supposed to learn how to have conflict resolution. We cannot run from our conflict. We have to be authentic and courageous to lean into the discomfort, right? And so I look at, you know, when Nate and I fight, I'm more of the feisty one. I'm I'm definitely feistier than Nate. And so I will, you know, 
be quick to like react, like, you know, just go off and stuff. I have a short fuse. <laughs> God help me. And so, you know, we'll, we'll argue and stuff and, and, um, and Jacob will notice and they'll know like, oh my gosh, they're, they're arguing. Right. But then we, we literally give ourselves like five minutes and then we come back and we say sorry to each other. And we say, sorry that I did this and, and so forth. And I think that's important because it's important for children to see that life is going to bring conflict. Life is not this just happy-go-lucky place, but how are we going to grow in the places of conflict? Are we going to run? You know, run. Are we going to, for example, I think about, you know, our reactions. Are it's either fight, flight, or freeze. I tend to fight. I'm a fighter. And so are we going to freeze? Are we going to flight? Like, are we going to leave? You know, and those three things aren't the best reactions, right? But it's, it's leaning into those hard conversations. It's leaning into saying, this right now is making me feel vulnerable. You're making me feel this way. Um, and finding, allowing them to see that resolution that takes place in conflicts. And I think, how does this pertain to epigenetics and how it's important that behold, all things have been made new, right? It's important because if, for example, with, I never really saw my mom, my mom was very like a fighter, right? So I have those tendencies in me that, I want to fight. Like I have been learned to fight. You know, I have been taught to fight. I, that's been my, my teaching all the time is to fight. Like I have to fight to be able to defend myself, but that's not always the healthiest thing to do. And so this is important because for me, I think about the epigenetics, the scientific part of things where if, if God is saying, behold, I make all things new. He's also saying, behold, Lori, you can turn off and turn those things that trigger you, right? I'm either going to align myself to his promise in Jeremiah 29, 11, that, you know, he has plans for me to prosper me that are good, that are filled with hope and a future. Then I need to believe that, you know, there are new ways for me to react. There are new ways that I can transform, that I am becoming a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has been made new. Even in the way that I respond to my environment, the way that I respond to my spouse, right? Instead of fighting, there is mutual respect. There is mutual conflict resolution. And so um, also I think about money, right? I mean, my parents, my mom never talked about money. And when she did, it said, we don't have money. We don't have it. We don't have it. We don't have it. So I think that for me created a mentality of scarcity, right? And so what do we, as, as um, Nate and I, we end up, you know, talking about money in front of the kids. So they can also understand responsibilities and, 
delegating right that we get like at ultimately we always tell our children like Jesus is the source of everything Jesus is the one who gives us the money that we have what we have like he is the source of everything we have in our life the Lord is our shepherd we shall not want and so you know it's crazy because I'll be you know doing our budgeting and Jacob will say like what are you doing, mommy? And I'll explain to him, well, we have this amount of money and, um, I'm going to, you know, pay the mortgage. I'm going to pay the car bill or whatever may be the electricity. So he understands there's responsibilities that we need to take. Another cool example that I can give you is, um, the Holy Spirit gave me the, the inspiration to get three jars and in those three jars, I end up giving Jacob like fake money, right? So he understands there is um, responsibility. There is a giving and getting. Um, and so I end up getting three jars. The first jar says Jesus. Then it says savings. Then it says for himself. And so instead of, for example, just getting him, we are not um, parents that get our kids a lot of toys. Um, we are very like minimalist when it comes to toys because I think like kids don't play with everything. Like if they're not playing with it, we need to get rid of it and give it to someone who's going to to play with it, right? Find useful. And so what I've been doing is even with movies, like um, if Jacob wants to watch a movie, I say, okay, well, you need to earn these many stickers. You need to earn um, these many, um, you know, so you can pay for it. So then we are beginning to teach him like you're going, there's a need to give tithes. There's a need to save. And then the rest is for you for what you would like to do with it. Right. So he is able to get that money that he has been earning to be able to, um, to understand there is a sense of giving to God, you know, not out of like, oh my gosh, but out of a generous you know, cheerful giver out of knowing that if you give to God, like God is going to bless you in a sense, like, and we've seen it in our, in our own lives. And so that's an example that we do with, with them. And, um, and then I think about how, you know, it's important and I'm going to bring this all together in a sense of like the importance of epigenetics in a sense of how our genes can either turn on or turn off um, due to our environment, our the way that we respond to each other, the way that we respond to our family, to our work. Like we are being affected by our environment, by our diet, by our stressors, by our beliefs, our behaviors. That, but God says, Behold, I have made all things new. Like every generational curse that has been placed on ourselves um, by our family, you know, like God is saying, I'm, I'm breaking those generational curses and I'm giving you a new promise of you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. 
all things have been uh, you know are going away and all things are becoming new like he's giving us a promise of jeremiah 29 11 that the plans that he has for us they are good they are hopeful they give us a future right but it's also understanding that if we first our first thing is how do we accept ourselves how do we belong to ourselves that i think sometimes we are so focused on shielding our children from the world but we also have to understand um, our own destructive destructive behaviors that cause them to think it's normal like we are shielding them from everything and everyone right but what are the behaviors that are destructive in our own lives that are actually causing them more destruction in their lives and that's why it's important that we first belong to ourselves that we accept ourselves so that we we can also accept our children. Keep in mind what Nate, I, I thought it was so amazing what he said that, um, you know, kids just say, can you accept me for who is it that I am? And I think about how kids reveal what's in our hearts, like the behaviors that our kids have, like where do they learn it from? Who taught them? And how is it that our lifestyle is affecting them of and teaching them the way that they're going to respond to their world, to their life, right? And how are they going to cope with things? Um, so I think it's important that we, we, we are intentional about parenting and intentional about accepting who we are in Christ Jesus because the, the capacity for which we accept ourselves is the capacity that they're going to accept themselves. And, and I think about, you know, it's also training them up in the way that they should go, how to respond to God, who is God in their lives, and how are they to respond to each other, to the world, to their communities, to their families. Like, it's God is saying, train up a child. And I think right now he's, you know, it's, he's inviting us to God, teach us, Lord, teach us to love ourselves so that we can love our families well, teach us to accept ourselves so that we hence can accept our children, that we don't try to change our children, but we just, I, I think about, um, the rhythms of grace that we were, we are to slow down and notice them and notice God and, um, not create unavailability, which later creates anxious fear abandonment, you know, and that we aren't so busy with what we are doing, but that we are busy. If if we're going to be busy, let us be busy in abiding in God. You know, I think about if we abide in God and he abides in us, we will bear much fruit, that we abide in his love, that there's a constant keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, right? And yes, there's going to be times where we are going to fall short and that's where God's grace comes, right? But it's an it's a daily practice of I belong to myself. I am enough. And because I believe that for myself, I can also believe it for my children. That I'm not trying to change my children. That I'm not trying to change them to the expectation that I have or the image that I have in my mind. But that I allow Holy Spirit to be who they uh, to be who he is in them 
that I don't have this expectation that they need to go to this college, they need to do this, they need to have this career to have value, purpose, and worth. But they are enough right now. They are worthy right now. And I accept them for who they are right now and their good and their imperfections. I think about when... Uh, when Jacob and Judah is having a hard time sometimes, what I say to them in the midst of their, of their hard times is you are worthy of love and belonging. Even though right now you're not having a good moment, you are still worthy of love and belonging. And, and how is this important? Keep in mind, generational curses. Like God is breaking those generational curses of not worthiness, of not belonging as we accept that he is making all things new. And so we thank you, Holy Spirit, for this time. We thank you, Jesus, that we believe that you are making all things new, Jesus. We thank you, God, that you are allowing us to walk in the grace of God, that we can accept ourselves so then we can accept our children and our husbands, God. I thank you, God, for giving us wisdom and understanding to how to train up our children children in the way that they should go, how they should respond to the world you have placed them in, to the generation you have placed them in, to the family you have placed them in. God, how to respond to each other, God. I thank you, Father God, for removing um, generational curses out of our life, God, that hinder the way that we live in the new system, and that is in your kingdom, God. I thank you, God, that the anointing of Jesus breaks the curses, God. I thank you, Jesus, for breaking off generational curses out of our family, God, that we can step into the blessing of Abraham, God, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God, that we live out of the kingdom of God. We are seated in heavenly places, God. I thank you, God, that you allow us to love who we are in your kingdom, that we accept who we are in your kingdom, that we are what we are by the grace of God, Father. I thank you, Father God, for removing any unforgiveness that we have with our family. I thank you, God, for removing any resentment, any bitterness, God. I thank you, Father, for touching our heart, removing the hardness in our heart, God, that we would begin to allow the Spirit of God to bring healing in those wounds that we have as children, God, so that we don't carry those wounds into our children, God, that our children can truly reflect the kingdom of God, that our children can reflect the the heart of the Holy Spirit of Jesus, God. I thank you, Father God, that we, we accept our children, God. We accept them for who you created them to be, God, in their, um, in their perfections and imperfections, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that we slow down, God, to to step into the rhythms of grace that you have for our family. I thank you, Father God, that you begin to give us a blueprint, direction and guidance of what are those rhythms for our family? What are those rhythms of our children, God? How we can best impart in them faith, hope and love that they too would be rooted and grounded in love. 
I thank you, Father. I thank you, Jesus, that our children are blessed, God, that our children are the head and not the tail, that our children are dying to themselves and picking up their cross and following you, God, that through our lives, they are inspired to seek after the kingdom of God and your righteousness, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for blessing our husbands, God. I thank you, Jesus, for blessing the work of their hands, God. I thank you, Jesus that you protect them from any uh, demonic influences. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, that the angel of the Lord encamps around them, Jesus. I thank you, God, that they can be fathers and husbands that are walking with you, God, abiding in you, God, that they love their family, God, that they see their priorities. Let their priorities be aligned with what you want their priorities to be, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for protecting the family system in Jesus name. I plead the blood of Jesus over the families in the kingdom of God, over the families in the earth. Father, I thank you, Jesus, for allowing a newness, a revolution to take place of what a family should look like. Father, I thank you, Father God, for removing the brokenness of families and bringing beauty, God, in Jesus name, bringing healing to families in Jesus name bringing resolution and restoration, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for bringing reconciliation, Jesus. I thank you, Father, for reconciliation where there needs to be reconciliation, Father. I thank you for healing families, God, in Jesus' name, breaking off generational curses, Father. I thank you, Jesus, that we no longer have to live in the generational system that we were born in, God, but we are living in the system of Jesus Christ. We believe it in the name of Jesus. We thank you that it is not by might or power, but it is by the Spirit of God that you bring healing into families, uh, reconciliation into family, restoration into families, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.